Welcome to the Community Conversations podcast, where we believe that world transformation begins with gospel transformation, and gospel transformation begins with discovering the truth about who God is and who you are. And it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Community Conversations. Kind of a first. Well, in a kind way. of a first. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this and you're like you're in your car, you're somewhere, you're listening to audio only, <clears throat> I want to invite you head on over to YouTube because yeah. you can actually watch us now. Well, it's like I wonder if Brian's wearing jeans today, and now you can know. Now you know. Now you know. For those listening, he's just wearing like a pair of short shorts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird being uh, fully functional. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, um, studio looks great. I uh, I don't know about everybody. D- uh, conversational style podcasts, I like to watch if I can. Me too. I prefer it. I prefer it. Um, I think there is, I think like podcasting, I think has come out of like conversation and the idea that we grow and learn more through conversation. Mm-hmm. But like conversation is a presence-based thing, like an in-presence with someone. Yeah. And so I think like being in the presence of somebody or like watching two people, their yeah. face, their emotions, how they... Well, you feel like you're in the room with them. Yeah. And I'm I'm real... I'm a handsy you're talker. You're super animated, man. You you're know? all over. I'm yeah. all over the place. <laughs> and so I need, I need a little bit of that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Studios come along. Yep. We got a little ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Our incredible producer, Braden Hasty's just been working like crazy. Yep. Just, just wild. Yep. So I'm excited. Um, <clears throat> we had kind of been mentioning leading up to this point that once we launched with video, we'd kind of get into maybe our first somewhat more of like a long-term topic. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I can't really put a, a time frame on that. No. But I know that we're about to get into the gospel and the good news. Yeah. And I know that you and I could talk about that for the rest of the year if we wanted to. Yeah, and so sure. I don't I don't really know what that looks like. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'd like to get into. Fantastic. Fantastic. The Euangelion as it's the Euangelion. As it's said. <clears throat> um I wanted to ask you, so uh and I was thinking about this for myself. At what point in your life did you realize, and maybe, I don't know if you'll have an answer for this or not, because I definitely do, but at what point in your life do you did you come to the realization that you didn't really know the gospel? Is there kind of a point where it was like, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> if this is that and this is this. <laughs> um, I would say, yes, I do. I was 24. Okay. 24. Um, and I think the initial, I think sometimes things we think that are were like, why did we do that in that season actually pushed us into what we are. Sure. What we're supposed to do. And um, I remember like coming out of kind of like the, the like, I don't know if like mega church is the right word, but whatever that like more churches marketing, you know, movement. Yeah. And realizing like this isn't it. So like, what is it? Yeah. You right. know, and that's when I kind of got um, initially like put on to um, N.T. Wright. Okay. Who, you know, for me is kind of like my hero of the faith in a sense. Yeah. You know, if everyone has a. A church father. I think one day he'll be one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's mine. Uh, the cool part is he's still alive. But um, and that was the first person I really read that made me go, "Well, this isn't, this isn't what I know." Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you read the day the revolution began, or you know, mm-hmm. um, after you believe, or all that type of stuff was the first initial like, "This is different." Yeah. You know, and this is deeper. Yeah. You know what I mean? You basically live your life as a catechumen. And and not realizing that like there's a lot more out there. Yeah. And so I'd say I was 24. I started reading him. Mm-hmm. It was like this awakening to what um, the good news actually meant. 
Yeah. You know, what it actually meant for me Mm -hmm. and not just what, you know, some idea of it. Yeah. Because I think for, for me, probably for you, for a lot of people, we, you know, I came to the realization that, that the gospel had been relegated to something that is used uh, for the lost. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's it. It's yeah, the gospel's for the lost. Sure, it's like that's true, <laughs> kind of for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, for me, I don't, I don't know how old. I don't want to do that math, but it. I remember it was probably nineteen eighty seven. I'm fifty, if you can believe yeah. it. <laughs> um, but no, it was probably six or seven years ago at this point. Uh. You know, and it, it was, I think it was in preparation for, we were about to launch foundations and we were just doing a lot of study and a lot of research and reading and uh, putting together um, curriculum. Yeah. And in that study, I just came to the realization that like, I didn't actually know what the gospel was. Yeah. Because up until that point, it was, I wasn't saved. Jesus died for me. And if I believe that, I'll go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it kind of mm-hmm. stops there, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. what I mean when a lot of times we relegate it to something that is just only for the lost as a means yeah. of, you know, convi- sure. convincing the lost of, of yeah. something. And Well, that and the good news is a means to something, not, yeah. uh, not an announcement or an empowerment of what I am. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, the good news is if you'll do this, you'll go to heaven. Right. It's a means mm-hmm. like, to an end. And I think, like, that's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not... It's interesting we talk about this because I'm not, I'm very like anti like themed like messages or themed things. Yeah, like it's the sure. antithesis of who I am. Sure. But unfor- not unfortunately, but the reality is I've just, uh, I feel like Yahweh has sprung me into a season of focusing on atonement. Okay. And um, having a good atonement theology, you know, and creating language for our people because it's sometimes it's hard to get what's in here. Like, you know, the, the signs of a good communicator is not your stage ability. It's actually predominantly getting what's in here out mm-hmm. of here well. Right. And so working out the language well of that, of mm-hmm. what of what Calvary, like what that actually did. Yeah. And I think like a part of that, like is realizing like the good news is what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more than just like there's a free pass available, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping to talk on atonement on Easter, yeah. most likely just mm-hmm. with Benjamin being born, everything. And so I'm going to talk about the cross on Easter, <laughs> but, um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think there is a reality that it is more than just, Hey, here's, uh, here's a being bad guy, how to be good guy to mm-hmm. get somewhere thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You get into it and you realize that the gospel is not about it's not about getting you to to be different. Yeah. It's about right. realizing that that what Christ did at Calvary is actually what makes you different. Right. You don't, well, yeah, and I don't think we can even share it if we don't know it. No. We're sharing something we don't actually know. Yeah. You know, at all. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just like throwing it out there and I think oftentimes the gospel becomes in a sense um awkward to talk about because we don't actually fully know. Yeah. You know, we don't actually know what we're, what we're saying. And mm-hmm. it's like, cause what does that mean? It's like, well, phew. it's just the good news, man. Yeah. Just take it. Yep. Take the good news. Yeah. Now I can't tell you how many times <clears throat> I've been in conversations with people, even recently, not necessarily in our circle because we've been hitting this pretty hard. Yeah. And so I think a lot of this language is kind of Sure. Exiting. Yeah, the natural. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. our, our community. Flow. <clears throat> but just this idea that like, that we're all just still sinners. Yeah. And that we're all still sinners. And it's like, well, you know, the, the amount of times I still hear people say like, well, it's just my, like my, my sinful nature, my you know. My flesh. My flesh, my sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not always appropriate, but so often I want to be like, tell me about that. <laughs> Why do you think <laughs> that? Yeah, it's it's hard because there's a it's a hard thing like never wanting to correct people, but also realizing like their freedoms behind that door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the reality is, um, you know, Paul says it like this: that we take off the old man mm-hmm. and we put on the new one. Yeah, and like that's pretty like specific language. Yeah, 
it's pretty specific language and it's it's hard because people go it's just my flesh it's like well that's your that's your agreement <laughs> that the old man still has a little leaven yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like that's just your your agreement of, of what was yeah most of people's like life of sinlessness is behind the agreement that they were actually made whole right you know yeah and so if 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 you're at a church that is not actively teaching you that the gospel means that you are actually new and you're actually whole, that everything that you need to become like Christ is already accessible to you, has been given to you, then you basically have no hope of becoming that. Right. You know? Right. right. From the Father's perspective, that's who you are. Yeah. But until you understand that, mm-hmm. you'll never you'll never see the fruit of that. You'll never see, yeah. Well, what, what could be mm-hmm. from that, you know? And I think you... It doesn't take very long in church history to start seeing people become extremely introspective. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote about this recently. I just don't think introspection is the biblical method for spiritual growth. Yeah. I don't think constantly looking into me and going, okay, what's all the bad pieces mm-hmm. is the method in which I become more like Christ. Mm-hmm. I think I look at Christ and I imitate, and I practice, and I review who he was, and I look towards that. Mm-hmm. And I use the Holy Spirit as my strength and my control and my <clears throat> my anchor into that. You know what I mean? It's my tool to become. It's not a, he's not a tool, but it's a it's his presence that's pushing me into that, and I use right. that. You know, and and oftentimes the gospel remains and stays introspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Bill Johnson says no one gets introspective and leaves encouraged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, we've said that before, but yeah, it's a reality that when I look into me too much, I can oftentimes see who I was. Sure, you know what I mean, and not who I'm becoming, and mm-hmm. that's never a good place to start your spiritual journey. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't try to wake up and examine who I wasn't yesterday. Mm-hmm. I try to live in who Yahweh's making me today and the things that I'm doing with him and cultivating and growing and mm-hmm. it's a different way of looking at the good news. It is, yeah. And it's it's a different approach too because so when we first launched Foundations, <clears throat> this was in twenty nineteen, I'd kind of decided that I was going to eliminate the the language of inner healing because that means a lot of different things <clears throat> to a lot of different people. There's not really a definition of what that is. And so yeah. I, I kind of came to a realization. I was like, well, I don't like this because I may say something about inner healing of what I think that means. Yeah. And somebody else might have a totally different sure. idea of what that is and yeah. assume, that we're, assume that we're talking about the same thing. I'm like, right. whoa, 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 we're not. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I do think for a lot of people that this concept of inner healing does look like becoming very introspective. Mm. And searching out yes. every little aspect of my life, of my mm-hmm. history, and it 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 what happens is you end up taking your eyes off Christ, mm-hmm. and you end up looking at everything about me. Yeah, what am I doing? What's wrong with me? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the same thing with um, one of the not issues, but one of the concerns I often have with the contemplative more movement within the church right now is I love the ability to look at the problems that psychology is bringing to the table. Like, hey, like through psychology, we've learned that this is a problem. This is what's, you know, depression's coming from, anxiety, and this is an issue, and, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how our minds work and different stuff like that. Yeah. And the problem is oftentimes in certain movements (coughs) is that – they oftentimes move into using psychology to fix them. Yes. And inner yes. healing is the same way. Yeah. Um, yep, I'm never, really I'm never, I never have an issue with the idea of, okay, let's use um, the sciences of the mind to figure out maybe some problems, mm-hmm. but realizing that it is the supernatural, the spiritual, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus that is the solution. Right. You know, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not a, a neglect or a to dismiss those things and just forget them. But now, what, whether it's spiritual disciplines, whatever it is, what do I use in Christ mm-hmm. to fix those things? And oftentimes, introspection, not when it, Holy Spirit's not invited in, I will use the tools that brought me into introspection. You know, to yeah. be that way. Yeah. 
and try to get out of it. Yeah. And that's not, that's not the, you know, that's not, you know, psychology uses a lot of like, you know, the shadow side and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the unconscious mind and, you know, whatever it is. And And I think the reality is, is like, I'm either being renewed in my mind by Christ or I'm not. Right. And being, you know, constantly Mm -hmm. introspective is not renewing myself. Right. It's examining myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why if there's one thing maybe I would go back on, um, you know, we're always growing and changing. And if there's one mistake I wish I could correct in my own initial start of the practice of the disciplines was like the daily examine. Okay. I don't actually really like that. I don't okay. think I like to end the day examining who I love the positive side of it mm-hmm. where yeah. Christ was found in my day. But yeah. oftentimes, you know, the, like practices like the daily examine can get caught up in the introspection of what I wasn't. Yeah. And I just don't think that's healthy. Yeah, that's good. And I think, you know, whether it's inner healing, whatever language we want to use, we can get caught in that. And like, you know, <clears throat> the thing about like inner healing or sozo, like sozo is to be saved. Right. It's, a it's word literally for, the Greek word. <laughs> yeah, it's the Greek word for saved, you know, like, you know. Um, and so if I'm going to sozo, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, yeah, it should be unto being like Christ. Right. Not not into what I am not. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, I do think that as you, as you, you know, build a lifestyle out of looking to Christ, and looking to imitate him yeah. in his ways, his principles, his values. There, I think there is a reality <clears throat> where you you do come up against the, at times, you do come up against the reality that he's this way, I'm not quite acting like that yet. Mm-hmm. There is that reality. Of course. <clears throat> but then the invitation is to, is to continue, like you said, to pursue him and to actually yeah. let the Spirit lead you in... Yeah. And empower you. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And I think like, too, Paul uses the language of like practice and train. Yeah. And so if I examine, I can't examine my failures as being now like ungodly or sinful, like when trying to be like Jesus, not like sin itself, not like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. pornography is not failing. Right. But like when I'm trying to be like Christ and in the moment I don't I don't hit my goal, if I don't examine myself as training, like mm-hmm. Paul says in one Timothy, like train in godliness. Yeah. Train in godliness. Yep. You know? And so like there's this place of like I am in the practice of being like Jesus. Yeah. You know, I'm mm-hmm. practicing. Right. And I'm growing in that more and more and more. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing that because I have a firm belief that who he made me when I got saved is available. Yes. Like I'm practicing under that umbrella Mm -hmm. that who, like Christ said, I became a new creation that, you know, my faith in him has given me access to him. You know what I mean? Righteousness has been passed on to me. So I've I've become completely whole. And now my process is I'm, I'm moving into that Mm -hmm. through practice, knowing that is on the other end. Right. Knowing that that is fully possible, it is fully available. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. think I think without that, like I think half the charges of the Bibles are just like automatic failures. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean. If if to you know like if if to if to say prayers like you know on earth as in heaven is not to actually make earth look like heaven, then God right. gave us a prayer <clears throat> that was meant to fail. Yeah. How That's o- not his character. How often does it say throughout the Bible, we see this again and again, where the Lord says, be holy as I am holy. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. can I do that or can I not? Yeah, Sermon on the Mount says, be perfect <laughs> right. as your God is perfect. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, so you're just going to take it there, huh? Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a radical um, change from, and at the end of the day, I think what we get caught up in is and people will oftentimes say this is the reality of like well nobody's sinless nobody's perfect mm-hmm. okay but if the if the bible is declaring the availability of a sinless whole godly life then that's my pursuit right and and why and is there a possibility that what has not happened to people is because people have lived with that mentality right yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm not saying, I think to say that I, to get, to say that like I want to live a sinless life 
is not saying I have not sinned. Mm -hmm. It's saying that that is now past. Right. And to move into saying like, you know, that's not really what I do anymore. Right. Yep. You know, I just don't sin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and there's this reality of like, oh, but we're this and we're that. It's like, you were, yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Paul says like, you know, Paul says he runs through in Romans the frustrations of, he says, you know, what I don't want to do, I do do, and what I do want to do, I don't. Mm -hmm. And we think, boom. Right. Then we get to the bottom and he says, but thank God for the good news. Thank God for Jesus, because now I am free from what the law made me, which is a hypocrite Mm -hmm. of, I want to do this, but I don't, I don't want to do this, and I do. But we take this and we go, oh man, that's it. And Paul's ending that that whole thing with, but thank God that's over, because that's who I was, not who I am. Yeah. People love to use that scripture. To be like, man, Paul's just like me. He couldn't do it. I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I wake up every day. I'm like, wait, don't do that. My hands are moving on their own. You know, it's like, no, no, no. The reality is, is that yeah. like, I am made whole, and yeah. and now my job is partnership in that, mm-hmm. and partnering in the full belief of that. Yeah. I don't think Paul was predominantly by the end of his life walking around like, I can't believe you sinner. You know what I mean? Like, you know. And, you know, we read, we've talked about this one a bunch, probably on here and on Sundays, but like, even like I die daily, you know, that's not what Paul's saying in that scripture, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like, you know, to to crucify the flesh is a one time, yeah, one time deal. Yep. You know, and I, and I'm not going to allow other people's failure to be my target. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I've reached sinlessness yet. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I am also not going to believe in in the in a world where that couldn't. <clears throat> right. I'm going to shoot for what Christ says is available to me with everything I have. Yeah. Well, and the mistake the mistake that we make, we make it again and again and again. And it's something I've I've become aware of for a long time and have been like actively working towards this in every aspect of my life. I haven't nailed it yet, but I'm working. I'm practicing this idea that. So often we build, we allow our theology to be built upon our perception of our experiences Mm -hmm. rather than allowing our theology to be built on what the Bible actually says. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you have people in the church who say, well, I've never seen somebody live a sinless life. I've not seen it and I've sinned. And so my theology is going to be built upon, like that's going to be the foundation yeah, that I can't, I, I can't really actually be whole. Sure. Until until yeah. new earth, you know. Jesus, Jesus did. <laughs> right. Jesus was yeah. whole. Yeah. And I'm called to look like Jesus, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but we allow our yeah. experiences to water down our theology for sure. Rather than and well, that's and, where sensationists <clears throat> come from is yeah. the idea that yeah. I've lived in enough disappointment of not seeing people healed that healing is not for today. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, people yeah. are where they're at, but the reality is, like, I, I've seen people get healed. Right. So it's like, what do you do with that? <laughs> so what do I do now? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and the reality is like, we oftentimes will build theology out of our experiences and our disappointments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's allowing, it's allowing ourselves to, to read the Bible for what it actually says, mm-hmm. to assume that Jesus meant what he said, that he wasn't, you know, getting carried away. He wasn't sarcastic, but he actually meant, you know, yeah. and Paul too, like we read these guys, yeah. they say some really profound things about what what this good news means and what it means for us and yeah. and how, what the world is like and what we're like now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, and I, I shared this in, uh, I think it was in staff meeting on Monday when I was teaching to the staff, but um, there's a scripture, and I think it's it's in 1 Timothy 2, but he talks about the, kind of the, the, the way this thing goes where it's like, you know, um, like knowledge will lead to this and this will lead to godliness. Yeah. And the end result... Mm-hmm is, you know, godliness will lead to pure love. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think often what we get caught up in is that the goal is sinlessness, mm-hmm. but the goal is actually love. Mm-hmm. Like Christ is, like God is love. Um, everything expressed is love. Mm-hmm even judgment or whatever it may be, like all of it is, everything in him is expressed out of love. Yeah. 
And so I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. the reason we end up living with what feels like so much sin in our lives is because if my goal is sinlessness, then my then I'm kind of missing the whole point because the point is to be love right, in all yeah. of its forms. Mm-hmm. Not love in the sense of, you know, I, I never tell anyone the truth. I'm never this, I'm never that. Because love tells the truth. You know, love is, yeah. you know, it has hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone who raises kids knows, like, you, you know, there's there's what they would call tough love on your kids and showing them. Yeah, It doesn't, you know, it's not like, I don't want us to use love in, in, a, in a term that it's not meant to be in Scripture. Right. But the reality is, is like, I'm not, like when I wake up, my pursuit actually is not sinlessness. Right. It is to be the love of Christ. Right. And to radiate that, mm-hmm. to live in that, to give that out and to receive it. Yeah. And so I think that is even like a, a stumbling block is like, the goal for me is to be a sinless person. Mm-hmm. But the goal actually, according to scripture, is to be a whole person. Yeah. That's what righteousness yeah. made me. Yeah. You know, dikaino usine, righteousness is to be in the state one ought to be in, mm-hmm. which means I am made in the person I was designed to be, which is whole. Yeah. Not sinless. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. You know. And I think and I think the more you make your goal sinlessness, you're probably spending most of your time thinking about sin. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll lead you right back to inter, inter, introspection. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. sin like sin consciousness. Yeah. Is 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 what we're designed to right? How we're not? It's not well, how we're designed to function. Yeah, it's you know? so funny you say that. Um, and they listen to this, so they'll think this is awesome. But yeah, you know, I lead a, I have a group of like thirteen year old boys, and we just meet every week, and mm-hmm. you know, we have like student communities, basically community yeah. of boys where we share a meal together, and yeah, um, they're basically all spiritual sons. Um, at this point, a couple of them I'd call stepsons, but spiritual sons. <laughs> Uh, no, but, um, and one of them said this and like for them, it was the most profound thought they'd ever imagined. Sure. But one of them one night was recently was like, you know, it's amazing because he was like, I'm realizing like the more I focus on the thing I'm not wanting to do, I keep doing it. Crazy, right? I'm like, is that not profound? But it's the reality of like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I do it. Well, that's what you're spending your time thinking about. Yeah, and that's what Paul says. Like, in, that's what he's trying to tell you in Romans. Yeah, is that like the law? And he says it. He says something like really radical. He says the law actually created within us mm-hmm. a desire to sin because now we knew what was good and what was bad. Yeah, it actually created this thing in us where we went, "Ooh, mm-hmm. okay, here it is." So now I see what's good, and when I'm shown the law and what's good, now I know. What's bad, right? And this focus on mm-hmm. the scales of justice mm-hmm. is what ends up making me stumble. <clears throat> yeah. Well, think about too what what Paul says in Philippians four eight. Sure. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. I think it's around there. Awesome. Um, but you know, he says think think about these things. Whatever is good, whatever is pure, yeah. whatever is lovely, right. You know, and he goes he goes to list all these these things. Yes. That's what you're meant to be thinking about. Yeah. And if you can align your thoughts around everything that is good yep. and holy and heavenly and godly, yep. you're not thinking about who you're not. You're not thinking about what you shouldn't be doing. No. Right? No. And you're oftentimes thinking about who you became. Yeah. Who you're becoming. You know, that's what I tell Bailey. I'm like, if you'll focus on me, if you'll focus <laughs> on everything that's godly. <laughs> lovely, <laughs> beautiful in your life. You'll just focus on Noah. You're going to find spiritual formation that you've never seen before. <laughs> no, but... But, uh, but that's, the, that's the reality. It is. is. That, it and is. You know, I, I focus on the good things. And that's what meditating... Like, you yeah. know, he talks... You know, Scripture talks about meditating, mm-hmm. you know, on Christ. Um, and meditating on Christ is also, like, about, like, his precepts and his ways. Mm-hmm. And they are whole and beautiful yeah. and kind. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's it's attached even to this idea of the Sermon on the Mount is this idea of what you've thought the standard was is higher. Yeah. But the standard is me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He tells the Pharisees the same thing. You keep searching the scriptures for eternal life. Yeah. But the scriptures <laughs> talk about me. So unless you you're looking for me. To to me. <laughs> yeah. And so right. until you look for me, yeah. you're going to be, you know, out of luck. Yeah. 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 
and um, we're uh, we'll pause for a break, but I'll real sure. quick I'll throw this out there, and then we'll come back to this if you okay. want to. But I was thinking about that that verse, and we'll we'll verify if it's Philippians four eight. I know I don't think yeah. that's it. It's around there. Yeah, um, you don't really read the Bible much. It's just you know it's all just kind of so many books. <laughs> it's like just sixty six books. <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> um, but you know, among those list of things that we're meant to be thinking about, it's weird how like the demonic and the devil didn't make that cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's true. Very true. Didn't make the cut of what of what we're meant to be like thinking and meditating yeah, meditating about. Meditating on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So mm. yeah. we'll uh we'll come back to that. Let's pause for a bear. I know. I know. We'll do it and we'll let people kind of sit through this. Yes. Quick advertisement and then we'll come back and see how we're feeling. Sounds perfect. Okay. Looking for the perfect Airbnb getaway? Look no further than Maggie's Place, your ticket to an unforgettable stay in Sevierville, Tennessee. Nestled in the heart of the stunning Smoky Mountains, Maggie's Place is not just an Airbnb, it's an experience you won't want to miss. This charming three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath townhome offers all the comforts of home with a touch of Tennessee charm. Imagine waking up to the serene beauty of the mountains, sipping your morning coffee on the porch, and planning your day of adventures in the Smokies. And the best part is, Maggie's Place is just minutes away from all the attractions, dining, and entertainment that Sevierville has to offer, not to mention close to Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. Ready to make your Smoky Mountain dreams come true? Visit Maggie's Place on Airbnb today to book your stay and start creating unforgettable memories. For more information, contact Kim Balistrieri at 770-548-0902. Okay, we're back. Felt so like forever. Yeah. So right before that break, I kind of dropped just a little bit of a nugget. Yeah, sure. A little um, bit. But that's just something I've thought about. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> trying to watch my words. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I think there is, there are things to focus on and things to deal with. Sure. And I don't find the devil and the demonic something to focus on, rather mm-hmm. when it comes up to deal with. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's a good place for that for myself. I'm not saying... That's, I think that's great. Everybody has to, and I know probably everybody won't, but like I I have no denial in the in principalities, forces mm-hmm. of darkness. Oh, sure. The demonic, you know, I mean, yeah. you've been around me you know my testimony like i've that's happened to me yeah right um but rather i see that as not something i'm looking for or focusing on but something that when it comes up i can deal with and i think you can deal with that very well when your focus is on yeah things that are godly right you know well i think it turns out that when your focus is on like god's spirit within you you probably will find yourself more equipped yeah to deal with with anything that does come up for sure. Demonic or the devil, you know. For sure. Because one of the things you'll notice about Jesus in that is Jesus never frees somebody <clears throat> from something and leaves them not whole. Sure. I think often the goal should be in that situation is to leave people. Like the guy, one guy has so many demons, they've tried like chaining them up and yep. feels like it's about trying to kill them and mm-hmm. nobody can stop the guy. He's like a you know, transformer. Yep. And not only does Jesus free him, but he empowers him now to start preaching the gospel. Yeah. That's wholeness. Yeah. That's totally different than like mm-hmm. be on your way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like I, I want to focus on what is godly so that way in any circumstance. And I think that's as much as the demonic as it even is unbelief mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean, circumstance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, all those things I think are tied into that. Yeah. I like what Bill Johnson says. I feel like we could just it's have a real a, Bill Johnson episode. I know. But he says... um, he says to have faith, it doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean denying the existence of a problem, but it yeah. means denying it a place of influence. That's so good. And that comes back to what you said. We're not trying to deny the reality no, no. of the existence mm-hmm. of demonic principalities, right. whatever that looks like. But do I think that <clears throat> there's a way for us to maybe deny them influence in our lives? Yeah, I think so. For sure. I think so. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I want to be. I want to be in a place where. 
I I want to move into a place where I'm so fully believed in how whole God made me that that leaves even by the to the people that leaves the people around me. Yeah. You know, and it's less about yeah. anything and more about presence. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus's presence stirred up things. Yeah. But they had to go. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's all tied in, you know, to the ability to focus and meditate on. That's why I think like like contemplative prayer is such an important thing. Mm-hmm. It's never really been in our movement as Pentecostals and Charismatics. You know, mm-hmm. we're more like fly off the cuff. Right. A lot of tongues. A lot of know, shouting. A lot yeah. of shouting and hipping and hawing yeah. and, you know, like deep intercession, mm-hmm. which is all great. Yeah. You know, have at it. But I do think there is a place we've lacked in the contemplative world where we just sit and meditate on the goodness of God, mm-hmm. on what are his attributes mm-hmm. and ways and thoughts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've missed a little bit of what that can unlock in us. Yeah. Because that's unlocked gratitude and perspective on things I could have never imagined. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I can look at my past and think what a waste of time uh, in so many seasons of my life. Or I can look at where I'm at now with Bailey and go look how fast he restored what wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that is perspective, mm-hmm. and that is looking at it through yeah. just choosing which lens you you prefer, mm-hmm. you know. And I think one is about restoration, mm-hmm. and one is about failure. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah. No, I love that. That's really good. Um, I think as I've been thinking about good news, and just what that means. And you, you've probably come across this, but we'll go back to N.T. Wright. Sure. Um, something he says about good news that I love how he, he really boils it down to, to a simple state of like news, just in general, news means that uh, things were one way, something's happened, and now things are a different way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that could be <clears throat> the news that, that you and Bailey are pregnant or Katie and I, you know, we're having a baby. Sure. The news is that life has been one way for you and Bailey. It's been one way. Yeah. Now Benjamin's coming and life is going to be a different way. Way different. Yeah. You know, if for I sure. won the lottery, life has been one way. <laughs> and now I'd I'm, probably, I'd probably tell you, I wouldn't tell most people. Yeah. Other I'd, than having I'd a grill, tell you. you'd uh, probably all gold teeth, <laughs> you know, like, like Joe Pesci from home alone. <laughs> Other than you, a gold tooth, no one really know your life yeah. changed. Well, you'd probably wonder what the $100 million tithe check was all about. <laughs> I actually don't think I would. I think I would just maybe wonder if it was a mistake and just see if it if it cleared and just move on. Just don't ask any questions. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but that's the thing about news is that it implies that, that things have been one way. Mm-hmm. And so what Paul is getting at when he preaches the gospel is his thing is, hey, guys, the world has been one way. Mm-hmm. But because of what Christ did, the news of what he actually did, that it was an actual historical event, like something yeah. took place in, yeah. a, in real time yeah. for them, you know? Yeah. Well, the book, you know, is <clears throat> even called, like his book on the cross is called The Day the Revolution Began. Oh, wow. It's a news, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a revolution that began mm-hmm. the day he died on the cross. Yeah. But, you know, that's what the news means. Mm-hmm. The good news is that the world was one way, but now everything's kind of different. Yeah. The rules are different. You know, yeah. what we have access to is different. Yeah. What we can become is different. Yeah. He even said, like, you know, the day Christ died is the announcement that heaven and earth were on a collision course for each other now. Yeah. Right. You know, there is a, here's the announcement is that this has happened and this is happening and this is going to mm-hmm. continue to happen. Yeah. And I, yeah, there's a reality that, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a moment in understanding the good news from the place of, what you think existence is hmm. is actually different. Wow. What you think matters is now actually different. Mm-hmm. And the way even that you have viewed your makeup as a as a human, your purpose, mm-hmm. your existence, yep. humanity's existence, life's reason mm-hmm. is all now different yeah because of this news right that Jesus died on the cross yeah 
It's like it is. It's it's a, it's a really big piece of good news. Right. And spoiler alert, it's good. It's really good news. It's it's better than you think. Yeah, it is. And it is, uh, you know, there's a reality that I think all of us, especially growing up, like if you grew up in the church, if you grew up in the church, you grew up with a reading of Genesis and going, wouldn't that be awesome? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And the good news actually is Yahweh is calling us back into that state. Right. That the project he started, he's wanting to finish. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, like, the reality is you read Genesis now, or you should, with an excitement that what was is returning. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you read, you know, you read the creation story, and what, what's happening is that he's revealing his intended purpose, yeah. his intended design, mm-hmm. was this place where you get to live in wholeness with him. Yep. In, yeah. In perfection and relationship and, <laughs> yeah. you know... Well, and it's and it's the reality of what we've talked about this before is he tells the thief on the cross that today you will join me in paradise. Mm-hmm. And um, the Hebrew, the Jews would have seen this and this word and this usage as saying today you will join me like in the garden. Yeah. The same word, right? Same word. Yeah. Same word. Greek yeah. to Hebrew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... There's this reality of Jesus saying, like, today you will join me in what I have made for this place. Yeah. It is not what is behind me. It's not what's ahead of me. Wow. It's not what's right now. It's what is. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of it. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. And we could start getting. <laughs> I know. There's so much we could there's so much we could say. I know. I know. <clears throat> Slow. But slowly. Yeah. But but no, I like that. It's for too too often for people in the church. It's it still remains what could be, uh-huh. Uh-huh. rather than like what is. Yeah, like who sure. he actually says you are. Mm-hmm. What he actually says about the kingdom here and now. Mm-hmm. What we have access to. You know. Yeah. We live in this world of like hypotheticals and you know theorizing or- what you know what life maybe could be like or maybe sure. what will be like on new sure. earth but the whole time he's like yeah he's like guys <laughs> well and like we have to realize eternity is not linear mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know eternity <laughs> is not minutes based right um it's presence based mm-hmm. and the reality is is that the scriptures say that the cosmos is held together by Jesus mhm which means that whatever we think this is, it is in him. Hmm. And then the scriptures say that I am in him. Yeah. And there's this reality that everything is being held together, not by eternity, but by Jesus, mm-hmm. which sounds like, well, yeah, but no, no, no. Like you got to understand that. Yeah. That like eternity is not linear based. And eternity is not based off our conscious understanding of linear time. Rather, eternity is based on our awareness of the person of Jesus. And so the reality of the thief on the cross seeing Jesus and recognizing who he was Mm -hmm. was his invitation into paradise. Wow. His invitation into paradise had nothing to do with he never even says like forgive me my sins really yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not saying don't don't do that but what i'm saying is that his his awareness and his invitation into eternity was found in his awareness of the person of jesus right and eternity is the person of christ yeah yeah so little x files (laughs) (laughs) there's a throwback And that's, I think it's yeah. difficult for people to understand. Well, yeah. And this is something I know you've thought a lot about, <clears throat> something we've talked about, but what a, just a bizarre relationship we have with time. Yeah. We don't, no. we don't really understand time. No, no, no. And everything on, on our, in our, our society is about um, achievement and time. Mm-hmm. Who you need to be by forty? Who you need to buy, be right. by fifty? Yeah. Even phrases like you know, fifty is the new forty. 
Right. Which is like a, you have more time. You know what I mean? And because everything is about, unfortunately, like accomplishment, you know, we're law based people. Yeah. The, the problem the early church had was like, okay, this is great, but like, what's the rules? What's the law? Right. Like, no, 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 you're missing it. Yep. And so like, we have a hard time with time because from birth, we are taught to focus on how much time we have. Right. You know? Yep. And so everything is time. Everything is, is linear success and, and linear succession. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're right. And often, you know, I'm I'm not against like having goals and having dreams and you No, know, no, no. But <clears throat> you know, I think along with that we often live with these, like you said, like like by forty I should be this, by fifty yeah. I should be this, by sixty I should be this. Right. And what happens is we end up with these sort of like arbitrary, you know, like false right. ideas yeah. of like yeah. of what's happening like in my life, uh-huh. you know, as, as time goes yeah. on. Well, I'm not actually, and then I, I fall oftentimes into the world where I'm not actually experiencing my life. I'm waiting for the yeah. next part of my life. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you're single, yeah. you're just waiting to be married. Mm-hmm. And then when you're married, you're just waiting to have kids. And then yep. when you have kids, you're just waiting for them to get out of your house. Exactly. <laughs> then you're waiting to retire. Yep. And then you're like, oh, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. You know, and it's like, there's no like living life, you know, because, um, yeah, it's just no one, no one views it as a beautiful beginning place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, in our gatherings uh, about an eternal consciousness. This is a term I've tried to get into the framework of our identity is the idea of an eternal consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that for me, the journey does not end at what would be seen as death because in Christ there is no death. Right. There's just a moving on from one thing to the next. Yeah. One phase of this to the next. Right. And so because of that, I don't view my life in a place of what I can accomplish by X date or X age. Mm -hmm. More of who I am becoming in Christ. Yeah. You know, and that changes, I think, any kind of focus on a linear path of succession. Right. It, it, that those aren't bad things. Those are put in place. Like I have things, dreams for Benjamin and myself, right. but they're all wrapped into the person I'm becoming, mm-hmm. not the things I can accomplish. Yeah. And I think, I think when we set, when we, when the more we allow ourselves to live with this perverted relationship with time, uh-huh. not that I have the answer to that yet. No. You know? No. We'd probably be a lot more successful <laughs> if we did. <laughs> but this is something we've explored. But, you know, I wonder how often we open the door to shame and perceived failure, mm. you know, just mm. because, well, I thought it was supposed to be, yeah. you know, because how often do you do you look at somebody and you think, man, when they were 30, they were doing this and this and this. I know. Well, that's I'm what not. social media is. That's what it is, yeah. It's a demonic... <clears throat> Like it's a, it's honestly, and I don't, you really use that word, but it feels like a demonic tool of comparison. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's me comparing myself to you. Yeah. Yeah. And like we say, maybe you've heard this said, uh, like comparison is the thief of joy. Wow. Like the more you're living. I don't think I've heard that. The more you're living in comparison, that's going to steal all the joy of what, because you're, you're not. If if all I'm doing is comparing myself to you or even like the John Mark Comers and the guys who were like wildly successful when they were my age. Sure. Right? Sure. What happens is I'm robbing myself of the ability to cultivate any real joy mm. because I'm looking at what is happening at, at you know, yeah. and all the people. I'm looking at the highlights right. for everybody else. Yeah. And I'm measuring myself up against that. Right. Well, then you're reading their books on their success <clears throat> at your age and they're miserable. <laughs> they're miserable. And right. so now you're both robbed of joy. <laughs> And you're both in a place. It's one of the things I love. If there's one person, and it it doesn't matter how you view his theology or his life even, if there's one person I just love to examine their life all the time when I think about stuff like this, um, is Eugene Peterson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eugene Peterson is that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for those that don't know, Eugene Peterson took over a small Presbyterian church, about 200 people. Um, was extremely intelligent, 
and realized that people didn't get the Bible well, so he tried to write a more contemporary version mm-hmm. for his church called The Message. And you can feel about that how you want. He never said it was like a yeah word-for-word translation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, ended up writing all these incredible books. This incredible man wrote, oh, I think, close to 40 books. Wow. I mean, just an incredible mind, mm-hmm. an incredible dude, and, um, you know, really thought, like, was in the beginning hoping it would take his church, like, blow his church up. Sure. And on the journey, he found this contentness of, one, rejecting most of the, like, invitations he got to other churches and other things and to mm-hmm. probably become bigger than what he was. Mm-hmm. And he found the beauty of joy and simplicity of pastoring a couple hundred people, writing and then letting his books do what they do, mm-hmm. and enjoying his children and his wife and yeah. his family. And he pastored that church of a couple hundred people until he retired, and then him and his wife had a lake house, and they retired. Mm-hmm. And he did some speaking and some little things here and there, and him and his wife lived out their years, and mm-hmm. he passed away, I think, in 19, wow. in that beautiful home, uh, and just finished the work that he started, which was simplicity, which was shepherding, which was just living life. Yeah. And, like, that is it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the goal. That should be the hope is is about, and, you know, I'm not saying that's about size or levels of success. Rather, is he lived his life in joy. Right. And for him, those things were joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and oftentimes, what we think will be success and joy aren't attached. Right. Wealth, mm-hmm. possession, things. Yeah. Those things aren't often attached to joy. Well, again, that those those ideas that I should be this wealthy by this age, I should have this kind of job or this kind of income, you know, yeah. by, by this age. Right. <clears throat> Oftentimes those are, those are built upon the desires that were formed by the world mm. and not actually formed within us Yes. by, you know, the father himself, yeah. you know, for sure. So a lot of times we end up with these, these ideas <clears throat> that, cause I'm sure for, for somebody like Eugene Peterson who wrote a really well-known translation of the Bible, yeah. and he authored all those other books, mm-hmm. it would be really easy to to get there and assume that, well, with that comes fame, with that comes, you know. And, you know, we've talked about him before, but most people don't know the name Eugene Peterson. That's probably exactly. exactly how we wanted it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But that comes with knowing. Well, it comes with a few things. It comes with, with knowing what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. that like there's, there is a contentment and a satisfaction and a joy that comes with knowing what you're called to do and doing that, mm. not trying to be somebody that you're not called to be. Right. You or know? doing more than what you are right. called to do to try to show other people that you were right about what you were called to do, which is <laughs> half the reason why you try to do it. You know what I mean? Like so much more than what it's meant to be. Yeah. You know, and... I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but there's that verse. Um, oh, man. Of course, you go to talk about a verse, and now... And yeah, now like, uh, take a quick advertisement break. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, delight yourself in the Lord. Yeah. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for a lot of people, that verse means that He'll give me whatever it is that I'm desiring. Mm. But there's a difference between... Him giving you a desire and granting your desire. Yeah. Because first he gives the desire. I never desired to be doing this, what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I never desired to work for a church. Yeah. I never desired to be in ministry, never desired to teach. I feel the same way about you and Brayden. <clears throat> I never desired to work with either of you. <laughs> 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 Yet here I am. <laughs> but you know, yeah. the, the more I I just put my focus on it and attention on Christ and allowed him to form within me the desires that he has for me. Yeah. He does. It's not that he doesn't grant desires, but it's first he no, gives no, no. you the desires that are, that are in alignment. Well, yeah, with, he awakens the true desires. I think of, of yeah. your heart and who you are. And then if you say yes to him, he'll open doors for those desires to be yeah. fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes the beauty of when you delight in the Lord and he awakens the true desires of who you are, they're often also filled with like real invitations into intimacy in every area. Mm. Even from the place that the reality is I could be doing things 
even in business that make more money mm -hmm. or make more success maybe. Yeah. But the intimacy I have with my wife and my kids may be at, be at cost. Yeah, sure. My, you know, time with him, with the Lord in the morning, in the evening, whenever it is, mm -hmm. may come at a cost. And oftentimes when yeah. I delight in him, he awakens desires that are often attached to intimacy in every area of my own life. Mm -hmm. And and the beauty of that is like, okay, tell me what, and, and it's so hard to, to, to tell people this because so much of you, the more you delight yourself in the Lord, so much of you changes your preferences, what yeah. you find fun. Yeah. Like how you vacation, mm -hmm. which sounds like, sounds dumb and weird. Yeah. But like, you know, I didn't, in the weirdest way, I didn't like grow up a much of like a heavy reader. Mm -hmm. Wasn't yeah. my thing. You know, Same. I was a TV guy. I wasn't a nerd. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But... um <laughs> I didn't grow up like that, and and I um I honestly didn't grow up enjoying hot weather. I'm a cold weather guy. Yeah, and um, man, my like real coming into contemplative prayer and relationship with the Lord has led to one of my favorite things of the year being when me and Bailey go to the beach and I sit on the beach with a book and just read all day on the beach. Yeah, and I can't tell you how far away that is from Noah ten years ago. Sure. And that sounds right. so simplistic, but the reality of that is there is a desire that was awakened through delight, which was actually about delighting in my existence. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. And like oftentimes our desires are about creating delight, and when we can delight in the Lord, our desires create delight within us mm -hmm. and around us and through us and our friendships and our relationships. Yeah. And that's what I think is beautiful about Christ is he awakens you to an existence you didn't know you wanted. Yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah. And that's like so different than what I think I was. For me, that the scripture was about like, you know, delight in the Lord and like you'll be rich. Just keep asking for it. <laughs> right. Just keep knocking at the door, you know? Yeah. And like that's not what that's about. <laughs> yeah. I think delighting in the Lord is like you said, it's about awakening the desires that are actually Noah. Right. Because how many times have, no matter who you are, especially especially if oftentimes if you're wealthy, like you finally got the car, mm -hmm. you finally got the house, mm -hmm. you finally got the promotion, you finally have the income stream you've called out for, yep. and you have all that and you lay in bed and you think, still empty, huh? Yeah. Still feel like this. Yeah. Still hate myself. Still feel mm -hmm. like I need something else. Yeah. And then you delight yourself in the Lord and you find yourself in a beach chair mm -hmm. with a Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, I am whole right now. Yeah. It couldn't get any much better than this. Mm -hmm. And it's it, there's this reality of, oh, because he is showing me who Noah is. My journey with Christ is him often showing me, let me actually show you who Noah is. Yeah. Because I made him. Right. I made him. I know him. Right. <clears throat> I and know I, I know what you'll like more than you think you know what you'll yeah. like. Yeah. And you've let the world tell you who you are and what you will like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just not it. Right. That's not the way it's made to be. Mm -hmm. Peter was an amazing fisherman. Yeah. Incredible. If you look back in history, successful business, multiple yep. boats, mm -hmm. super well at what he did, but obviously it wasn't who he was made to be. Right. So he changed it. Yeah. You showed him who he was designed to be. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Yeah. <laughs> and now we meditate. I know. I'm trying to decide because I know we're, it's been about an hour. Uh -huh. so I'm like, do I want to go anywhere else or do I need to just wrap this up? <clears throat> I feel like we've covered long. some really good ground. We did. Yeah. 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 But um, this is a good stopping place to, I think, examine what the good news is what it means and the invitation of the good news is into Christ to find out who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a great pathway yeah. mentally to take, you know, this conversation and begin to contemplate and meditate on those things yeah. is what delights and things <clears throat> after hearing the good news and knowing what it is, what, what things that I feel or think I delight or find joy in are from Christ and what are, empty fulfillments of what other people have told me will be joy. Right. 
what what ideas have been formed in my life by social media, by advertisements, yeah. you know, by things like that. Right. That I've told myself that that's it. That's it. That's yeah. what I want. That's that, the thing. That's the thing that'll make me happy. Yeah. And, you know, 90% yeah. of the time it's like, well, <coughs> darn. Yeah. On to the next. Yep. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. Awesome. I agree. Good. Okay. Well. Enjoyed being on video with you. It's cool getting to see you. I know. I'm just right? used to hearing you. <laughs> we should just sit in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. <coughs> I'm okay. excited about this and our family and everything we have coming up. I am too. Yeah. Cool. To all our listeners, um, I apologize for the coughing, for the clearing of the throats. We'll <laughs> we'll figure that out. Well, when the weather <laughs> quits going from 70 to 20 over and over again, we're going to really streamline we'll, this. We'll lock it down. Yeah. yeah. Until then. Yeah. We're just not built for that. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Maybe thank you for watching if you watched. And uh, we love you and we'll see you next week.